What's poppin' and welcome to Popcorn with Charles Sadiyan. We stop for all things pop where we talk about all things pop culture from here in the Philippines to the rest of the globe. Welcome back, everyone. And this is our lockdown anniversary special. Should we call it a special? Maybe not even a special. It's just our lockdown anniversary no. sad. But before we begin our formal discussion, of course, let's welcome back our co-host. I haven't seen a lot of these people on the show for a while, so I'm really happy everyone's back. Uh, where do we begin? Grab it. All, star. All stars. <laughs> All stars today. Of course, we have Emil, the Emil of the Twitters is here. Welcome back. I'm not going to dignify have... that with a response. <laughs> we have Denny's back. We haven't seen Denny in a while. Hey. Hello. After eight months. Yes. Oh, shit. Almost. Twelve. A year. Wow. Oh, wow. Almost wow. a year. Oh, wow. Uh, we also have Jer. Hello. And Prince is also here. Hello. Our Twitter verified. Well, yeah. <laughs> Blue check. And no finally, moment. last but not the least. Diba ko kailangan talaga? The most. Ang ating pantangal na bisita dito. Tama ba yun? Bisita pantangal. We have the, another the, Jace. Jason Tan Liwag in the house from the 20-somethings podcast. Well, my podcast na rin siya. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yay! <laughs> Welcome back, Jace. We missed Hello, you. Hello, I'm happy to be here. So, yun. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a while. This is our first roundtable session in a while as well. So, our topic for the week is generally lockdown anniversary and award season thoughts. So, first lockdown anniversary stuff. Well, it's officially been a year since the Philippines went on a hard lockdown that resulted to pretty much nothing a year after. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> ayun, uh, what can we say about that? Uh, first of all, ang loaded ng question ayun. How has the past year been for all of us? Of course, we're lucky enough, we're privileged enough to be in our own spaces and still be able to do this for the last year or so. I mean, it's been so long since we've been in the Radio Katipunan studio, which is where we usually hold our recordings. Um, ayun. <laughs> what a loaded question to begin the show. <laughs> well, see, Jace has skyrocketed into the Twitter world. That's oh for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you bringing this up? <laughs> Para yun yung ano, one year after. We need to cut you up eh. <laughs> ako ba mauna? Ako na lang mauna. Fine. Um, yeah, lo- lock, like, obviously, like, there are so many things that have changed uh, since last year on a personal level. But I'll start to go to on a macro level. Wow. Um, like, obviously, cinemas, most cinemas have been closed for a really long time. So, ako personally, I haven't watched, um, I haven't watched a movie in a, conventional theater in more than a year now. I think the last one I watched was Little Women. And um, theaters are still closed, so theater actors um, still doing that Zoom theater thing um, that I've decided not to participate in. Um, at least as for me. How personally, I've gotten into film criticism and it's kind of been okay. Um, Ayun. Okay, uh, though. <laughs> <laughs> Check out his work on CNN Life, on Rappler, oh, everywhere. Anyway. We stand. 
thank you, thank you. Just and you know, I'm so happy I got to watch. Uh, ano yun, next to normal before it closed down. Like, how many shows did you have at that point? We had, we had seven, I think. We had seven that weekend. Two, two on Sunday, two on Saturday, and then three, no, from Wednesday to Friday. Yeah. So, super sad. Like, obviously, it's so sad because, like, although, like, Objectively, alam kong maraming things um nag-improve about like yung pandemic response natin. Like, alam ko na meron ng mga contacts tracing systems in different places. Alam ko mga ganun. Parang, pero hindi pa rin siya enough to curb it eh. So, um, I thank you for your job. Uh, this is for me. Uh, <laughs> and also, like, I feel I feel very sad that like, there are so many people, especially from the arts industry, but also even the scientists, na hindi nila matapos yung mga um, ginagawa nila or hindi nila matapos yung thesis nila. That's in, uh, right now. That's why I write. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm, I'm otherwise okay. At least ako personally. Thanks, Jace. Anyone else? Thank you. Their reflections? You. <laughs> reflections? What was the last movie everyone has seen in a theater? Before everything closed down, like, Little Women. Little Women. Little Women. Birds, <laughs> Birds of Prey. Oh, that's bad. Onward is my last one. With Same. I was on. Ren, I was supposed to another be friend. Onward. And we cried. And it was a nice last experience because people were crying. So I missed that. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, yun nga, as Jace was saying, everything just really changed from the closing down of movie theaters, actual uh, stage theaters. Is that what you call it? It is, right? It's just like we haven't been there. We don't even know what it's called anymore. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Concerts, gigs. Like, yes. I've never oh. been to a concert or a gig. So, like, when am I ever going to experience that? I think one of the biggest crimes of this lockdown is we never had the chance to listen to Cardi B's WAP playing in a club, in a oh. packed sweaty club. Rain, Rain on me. Rain yeah. on me. Rain on me. We keep on saying that the last best thing that ever happened that we got to have a public celebration was Iglesia ni Carly Day. Yes. October. Yeah, yep. That was, <laughs> that was so long ago. Uh, but like in general, I mean, coming off of what Jace has mentioned, like what, <clears throat> aside from what we miss about, of course, watching live acts or watching films in bigger screens with better um, sound systems, like what have what habits have changed in terms of like how we've been consuming media and what things have you appreciated more in the last year? I'll go. I can go. Oh, I'll go. Sorry. Go ahead. No, Saga. you go ahead. Go ahead. Saga. Um, <laughs> it's so easy now to reconnect with your friends. And I wonder nga, after the pandemic blows over, are we still gonna go out after work and go to a restaurant and spend hundreds or even thousands uh, to have a dinner out with friends? Or will you just log on to Zoom? I wonder how video conferencing will shape the way we reconnect with people, both in like the work sphere and reconnecting with your friends, because it's so convenient now. 
But at the same time, I feel like my eyes hurt so much from just looking at the screen the whole day. Mm-hmm. I mean, after for for work stuff, of course, you're using your laptop to go on conference meetings, to write your work. And then afterwards, you watch your content on the screen. You meet your friends on the screen. It's just like sometimes very overwhelming. And I feel like the yeah. anxiety of going back into society is also another uh, parang thing I'm scared of in general. Na parang, how will we like... It's just weird being... Uh, sometimes I go to shoots for work. And like it's just like nice to be with people at the same time you're scared of being with people and then what what more if it's like the general community you're we're all back in uh, the but yeah that's a yeah, fair I agree with that. good question go Danny yeah I'm with I'm with you in that I th- there's just so many more things you have to be aware of in zoom like am I coming through is my connection okay and that's always in my brain because I do a lot of work calls so sometimes I explain a lot and then it turns out like no one heard anything So I don't. I like the idea of face to face, just because I don't have to be constantly thinking. Oh, are they hearing what I'm saying? Can they see my face? Did it freeze with my face in like an awkward position? Like, uh, I prefer. I like the face to face stuff. I think I'll miss it, and I think the first, like, as soon as I feel safe going out, I probably will like go out, like a lot. <laughs> just, to, I miss like a public space. Sometimes I go out to get like. Starbucks because there's a Starbucks near my house and I just go out to get sometimes like that's the only like that's the furthest I go from my house and then it's like I would love to spend more time here just to like dawdle but like no I have to leave right away and it's I miss the electricity of a public space is what I'm like, mm. trying to say I guess yeah. I, I, I agree to the extent that like when it's safe to go out and people most people are immune uh, and you know stuff hopefully it happens sooner than later um i i feel like i'm never gonna say no to like a, a friend thing anymore <laughs> like when when people ask me are you doing anything this weekend i'm just gonna sure whatever let's do whatever um but like weirdly enough i, I still feel like i'm i, I won't it'll take me a while before I enter like really crowded places again. Um, I feel like I'm gonna take the mask wearing habit to certain places forever now, like yeah, cinemas yeah. or, <laughs> or um, public transport, definitely. I mean, it just sort of like this whole situation has made us realize that a lot of the stuff we do every day that we take for granted is actually like, like these are the, these are the places where we get, where we usually get sick. Like most of the times I've gotten sick It's because of watching movies in these hot beds of viruses and bed bugs. I, I have gotten bed bugs from cinemas. Oh my um, god! Oh, horrible! Yeah. It's such a horrible experience. Um, <laughs> and Neil, honestly, I know no, what I, you're talking about and which right. cinema you're talking about. But yeah. Oh god! Maybe more than it? one. Where is that? I don't want to. I mean, I feel like it's, 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 it's on me. It's on me. It's on me. It's not on the cinema. It's on me for not taking a bath when I get home. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So I'm like on a personal level, like I feel like I've just been like going through various cycles of like there are long periods of time when it's just like really, really tough and really depressing. And then there are other times when you suddenly get the motivation to work on things. Um, so like, Just recently, like last few weeks, thanks to Dren and some of my other friends, like they really encouraged me to, um, to like work, like because I expressed a, a, a desire to 
gain some weight because I lost weight during the pandemic, which is not good for me. Um, and I was scared about trying to work on my body. Um, but they encouraged me. And in the last few weeks, I think I've gained like three pounds, which is like not a lot, but I'm very, very happy for it, happy about it. So yeah, what, where did Jolo go? Okay, there. <laughs> but yeah, so <laughs> that's, that, those are my life updates. Yeah, and speaking of masks, I must say, it's so nice to have a mask because you can, like, hide your expression sometimes. <laughs> like, I feel like... <laughs> Depends the eyes. <laughs> Depends. I feel like it's it would be nice to continue wearing masks for that reason. Sometimes you just can't keep a straight face and their mask hides it. But it's just, like, a fun, like, purpose for that as well. I would <laughs> I would agree about wearing masks continuously. I just want to say, as a suke ng angkas, I've loved wearing a mask. Yeah, it's, same. That's what I love it. So I've I've been getting to the habit even before, like months before the pandemic even happened, and uh, that's why I'm proud that I got have my own personal mask and stuff. Like even before the pandemic, I'm glad that angkas trained me <laughs> yeah. to through a piece of fabric. So thank you, angkas. Thank you, angkas. But all of the actually going off of what Emil said, like it also exposed like so many things na unhygienic na dapat like we're more mindful of. Like mm-hmm. yun nga yung sa angkas yung sa helmet and um sorry na tapo ako kasi inaimagine ko palang um people don't usually wipe their phones. Uh, people don't mm. usually wash their hands. Um, meron pa eh meron pang really specific one that I keep on forgetting. Y- yung ano, yung mga, yung ball pit sa Makdo, yung sa kids area. <laughs> that's, that's just gonna be, that's gonna be filthy, no? Oh my god. Oh my god. Not the playground. <laughs> but yeah, ayun. It's not even said like on how dirty everything is. Even stuff as simple as like holding the rail down the escalator. Yeah. Or pressing the button in the elevator. I feel like our generation will grow up essentially as germaphobes now and our grandchildren later on will be like, you're so OA, why do you spray everything with alcohol? Um, Did you live through pandemic? <laughs> My gosh. Maybe, hopefully, wala nang pandemic by that time. Okay. Oh, you, you oh, know God. what I miss? I miss walking into clothing stores, trying on clothes, and not buying them. <laughs> like, I just miss fitting clothes on. Like, iba pa rin when you buy clothes online, it's like... It's really uh, like hit or miss. Yeah, it's hit or miss, and also, where will I wear it? Mm-hmm. So, like... Yeah. Nowadays, when I go to the grocery once a week, it's my one trip out of the house. I dress up because I miss it. I saw this meme of like this girl in a big roughly gown in the grocery and I'm like, same. (laughs) So, I mean, there's a lot to complain about, a lot to be grateful about in the past year. Um, I guess in terms of pop culture or things that you've managed to uh, discover this past year, ano yung mga favorite discoveries yun na you didn't really have the time for now that we have a bit more time, although time is really blurred and we don't even know 
if it's what kind of a concept it is anymore. Uh, what's your favorite uh, lockdown discovery? I will start off with anime. Thanks to Paula. Again and again, I would say this. Um, I, I mean, I did watch anime before when we were kids, but mostly like a few episodes or like not really, not really like be diving deep into the story or the narrative and being invested. And because of the pandemic or during the time of the pandemic, I got to watch more like I think I've seen five or six. Um, yun, that's one of my favorites. And of course, K-pop. I got really invested in K-pop this year. So a lot of interesting, more Asian stuff than usual, than before. And yun, that's mine. Kayo? Um, ako, I have three things na come to mind. Uh, first is just Stardew Valley, which is a game na in like retrospect is extremely like me but i never got the chance to play because i just i didn't have time for like another thing to do so video games is what i had to cut off but you know i discovered stardew valley and i'm like you know it's so nice to just spend a nice chill two hours working on your little farm feeding your cows it feels normal there's normalcy <laughs> in stardew valley so i have been that's been very nice i've also gotten into like letter writing uh, i joined like a pen pal program saying that was I've been corresponding with my pen pal from Brooklyn and wow. you know, it's been very like it's because it, a lot of a lot of life changes happened to me in like over the pandemic which I can't talk about but uh, it's nice to have someone that you can correspond with long form about just what's going on with your life and these uh, are the last handwritten year. letters no, we email because we're both impatient. <laughs> <laughs> I have oh, hashtag Janaksisimolayan. Just say find me up. Choke. <laughs> how how often how often do you guys exchange letters? Twi- every every two weeks. Every two weeks, though the last round she was she just replied after like a month. So medyo like mm. I'm gonna like I'm I'm also too busy to reply now. So I guess we're gonna like reply less because. You know, work is wild, but yun, it's fun. It's nice because the there's no like it's a it's a new thing that you know I came into because of like the pandemic. So it's a nice reminder that it's not all like awful. It's mostly awful, but you know there you there are some nice things like that crop up sometimes. How do you join that just, program? <laughs> I will. I'll send. I'll send the links. Ano? I'll Yay! send the links. Uh, chat after the, ano? Yes. After the uh this the meeting. Oh, meeting este. <laughs> oh, <laughs> after, after this. Ito na po. 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 Ito before, uh, before the, I yeah. mean, before your third one, I was gonna say, mm-hmm. I once had joined an app that's also the same concept of writing letters, mm-hmm. but it's digital. And uh, what happens is that when your pen pal is in the states, then the message would only send to that person the same time it would actually reach them if it were a physical thing. Oh, it's a pretty cool app. That's, cool. that's nice. Stopped. For a while, I'm gonna also search what the app is called. I mentioned it like last year. Uh, yeah. So, what's your third one? Uh, my third one, and it's kind of related to the other question about habits in the pandemic. 
Uh, my third one is just I've kind of fully like abandoned keeping up with current cinema except for like a month in the start of the year where I do everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably I've like doubled down on like discovering older hidden gems and I find a little more joy yeah, in yeah. like an old film from like 1982 by a black female director who hasn't gotten her flowers till now versus like whatever the new film du jour is. Parang I feel like there's a, say, a different kind of joy in rediscovery rather than discovery and you know and i disc- i find about things about from like other people anyway who so the films i well, by the time i watch them they've already gotten their flowers but you know every time i watch like a really old indian movie or whatever from 1960 or whatever there's like a similar kind of joy and i feel less pressure to be keeping up with everything so that's nice you know that's my third thing I would agree with you in terms of ano naman, uh, the fact that I kind of accepted that I'm not going to be able to catch up to everything at this point. So I'm just like, you know, there's sometimes the pressure of like, oh, everyone's watching this. Uh, this is the yeah, current yeah. thing. You know, you have to watch this. And then the next big thing comes out like the week after. And I'm like, you know what? I tried, but like, I feel like I'm just going to take it at my own pace at this point. And, you know, just enjoy it whenever. And, Yeah, I think Jace can relate, and I feel like a lot of people can relate. Also, yung the movies you haven't seen before in your whole life, na parang you know sometimes you just people. I I just uh, I guess more like you don't have to like fear the fact that you haven't seen that and just like enjoy it now that you get to watch it for the first time. Parang ganun. So mm-hmm. yeah, this, those are my thoughts on that aspect. Oh my god. Pwede ako yung sumunod? Okay na ba? Yeah. Ah, go. Oh my god. Okay, so fishing up off of what, what Demi said, um, actually, ang sinusundan ko lang for like recent film update is si Emil. Yeah. <laughs> I do it so you guys don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Emil. Thank you, Emil. Meron na, ako, meron na akong slight barometer of like... Huwag naman, grabe. Slight lang, slight lang. Parang, ayun, like today, oh my god, I watched Nomadland today. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, I agree. Actually, ako, yung one of the nicest things that I discovered during the pandemic, at least apart from the whole film criticism thing and all of these old films, right? Um, online film festivals, mm. there are so many of them. There are so many of them happening around the globe. And at least ako, I'm lucky enough because I can apply to be press so I can watch things for free. Ganun. And sobrang raming, sobrang galing na Southeast Asian filmmakers. Like, oh my God, amazing. Like, sobrang, sobrang amazing. And the cool thing is that I get to interact with other like people from press um, abroad. And the filmmakers, actually, when I talk to them, because most of them, syempre hindi nila pwedeng ma-screen yung films nila to like somewhere, right? So parang nakausap ko sila tapos they really volunteer to give me like, oh, I have this short film from this year. Maybe it can help you write about this thing. Parang ganun. So they give me links to their short films or their feature-length films. And sobrang cool lang yun kasi parang I feel like at least the online aspect has helped more people discover 
certain spaces that I don't think would be accessible to them. Diba? Uh, if, if in the, if wala yung online version. And I hope actually that like, may option yung mga people to actually watch things online para mas accessible siya to a global audience. Although miss ko ang cinema. Sobrang miss ko ang cinema. That's true. But I have a question for you because of coming, jump, uh, bouncing off of that. Is, yeah, what's your advice for, one, people who want to start film criticism? I mean, or like some sort of have, uh, parang hobby or like at least passion. It, parang siyempre, diba, a lot of us are scared to start it at our age or at a certain age. And also, yeah. like in terms of like reaching out to people, like other filmmakers, like what's your advice in terms of that since you experienced it a lot yeah. the past few months? Honestly, kapal lang siya ng muka. Because <laughs> on, like, legit, like, even ako, like, with what I write, like, I don't think it's the best thing in the world. Alam mo yun? Like, it's never gonna be the best thing in the world. Parang, if I look back at it, parang 50 years from now, am I gonna like it? Probably not. Pero, um, the, the, the two main pieces of advice is to read a lot. Like, read a lot. Like, in general. Which is also one of the things that Sabine could have, actually. That so many people have been writing more. So marami akong binabasa ang things. Binabasa ko yung... What everyone here, actually, right? Um, and then, uh, to write more, minsan it's just about sitting down and actually like writing. Pero with like networking with people, um, ako, I started a film club. That's one of the things that I, I liked about this, this year. Was that I started a film club and parang... I get to talk to like from 16-year-old to parang 54-year-olds wow. in the same room like about this one film and what they thought about it and how they watched it the first time and what their first opinion was. And no holds barred talaga as in, I remember we talked about fangirl and we talked about pero isang lawyer na explain niya ang differences between all of these legal terms and then yung isang girl explain niya like what her high school experience was like. Um, so, parang ganun, parang it's just more of being unafraid of actually writing it because you're never gonna be, you're never gonna write something perfect for everyone, but you will write something that will resonate with someone. And I think that's the most Yeah, important. I like that. Yeah. Mm. Yun for me. Pero obviously, may mga film critics dito na sabihin parang like, don't write just about the actors. Um, write about uh, write about all of the technical elements. And I think give it naman. Parang there are ways to understand that. Pero for me, it's just read more, write more, and write something that resonates with you. Well, that makes you nabit. On the, like related to the concept of reading, about the concept of reading, like that, that's something that I like finally picked up again, which is, which is embarrassing to admit as a creative writing graduate that like I, I just haven't been reading like the last few years that I got. Um, so I'm, I'm starting small and I started reading um, the thesis chapbooks of my course mates from like 2012 up to today. And it's so inspiring because, uh, because it, it brings me back to being a creative writing senior, writing my own thesis. And like, it's, you know, it's not like high art necessarily. It's not like, you know, the, the pinnacle of liter- literature, but it, I find it so satisfying to read stuff from students just because you can feel like just how much they needed to put those stories out there 
Um, like in, even if it's like genres that I don't necessarily um, want to write myself, or if it's stuff that I don't necessarily understand, like I still like it. It it gives me hope again in a very sort of cheesy way because well, it like just reminds me that you know, like to me at least, like creating and writing and whatnot. It's not about. It's really not about like making something good. Like if you if you keep thinking to yourself that I want to do this thing because I want it to be good, I feel like it it sort of boxes itself in. So for me, like when I read things that were written by seniors or or creative writing students in general, um, it's it's less about uh, them wanting to impress like I know the literature gods and them just really needing to get something out there into the world so that's something i completely forgot like after i graduated and it's nice to be reminded of it again yeah i want to follow up uh with what emil said because my thing and i have a lot of other things i'll share later but uh this one's in line and it follows the train of thought i made a letterbox Hey. Hey. Everyone here, everyone here is a <laughs> And the reason why is um, I write for a living and I feel like in the past two, three years or so, I lost the love for writing. And so, I don't know, this is sort of like my little project to get that spark back up and write something that I actually like. And also like to track the movies that I watch. It's funny because... When, once I started following people, I saw the culture of Letterboxd. Your top films have to be like Rashomon or The Seventh Seal. And, but then like my top film is like The Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and, that's, that's, that's the more interesting one. Yeah. I love it. I can like talk about it, but this isn't the time of place. <laughs> I have a lot. Oh, never mind. I, like I, I won't. I be changing my top film to High School Musical at some point. Go. <laughs> I but, want but, that, that. That's honestly more interesting than Rashomon. Like, every, I, I don't like Rashomon, <laughs> but everyone else loves Rashomon. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, like, as a writer, I try to make it a point to write about every film. Kind five lines long. And to, like, my challenge to myself is to, like, really put my, you know, to really think about what I'm writing. Hindi yung pucha-pucha lang, which is, you know, at work. That's what happens. More talaga. So, yeah, it's been fun. I, yeah. And uh, in addition to that, I also started journaling again. So writing just for me. So, which is, what really helps as a writer to just like, without all the pressures of your editors or deadlines, you can just write for yourself. And I think that's, beautiful because it's for yourself and for yourself only yeah jeremiah and i were uh english lit classmates um how many years ago eight oh, years no. ago oh no nine years ago oh my god nine years ago you know i was thinking about this i think most of us are batch 2012 except you parents and cholo actually we would have I mean, been in college, and like we since uh, and then so like since it's next year's gonna be ten years since we yeah. started with an Atene. Like, <laughs> I I I just oh can't imagine going to college and not experiencing like the full experience. 
it just oh, kind of makes me sad. Yeah. The the freshmen this year haven't met each other yet because I was invited to do like a small like intact talk for AJ Ericano, and I realized that none of these creative writing freshmen have actually seen each other in person. I cannot imagine that because like I wouldn't have survived if I didn't have other human beings in the room with me. And they're like so, org parties or block part hang hangouts are really just all just digital. It's like wow. Can, we, can I just say though, like someone from ISFR brought this up, which is kasama ko siya film critic. So sabi niya, um, guys, I don't even know how tall you are. Which <laughs> <laughs> is <so> true. <laughs> you know, that's true. That's, that's, I, that's very, that's, you know, that's vivid. No, it's, yeah, but height does not matter. No, related to that though, like I, I realized that it's, it's so hard for me to connect with people if I don't know what they sound like. And like I, to me, they're not like real yet until I can assign a, a, a tone of voice to their words. Yeah. It's so weird. Like this, yeah, I don't know. And their height and like noticing the way they dress, you, you can't form those subconscious judgments yeah. that we're so used to. <laughs> yeah, like ah, uh, nga yung sabi ni Jace, cause like I got to meet some of my workmates for the first time, and then. I didn't even know. I was like, they're shorter than me. I was like, wow, you're you're not as tall as me at the very least. Because on Zoom, you would just see like <laughs> the same frame, more or less. <laughs> so it's just like your, your messages sound so tall. <laughs> <laughs> you, you exude tall energy. I haven't seen my office mates at all. Barely. I've never, I don't know what they look like. I don't know what they sound like, actually. Even wala kayong like online meetings. Ganun. I mean, we do, but it still sounds different. Like when you're talking through a just yeah. through, a, through a webcam and in, in person. I I'm pretty sure I have never met any of them because I was only in the office for three days and then wala na, gone. It's kind of sad, you know, because like a lot of people have started in my agency recently or not recently over the year, and like you can see that there's a clear divide, closeness-wise, between the people. Who have been there pre-pandemic and the people who just joined, like their little inside jokes. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You can't yeah. really express through online. And on that note, ganon din like, yun nga, when you start in a online setting, you, you're infinitely more like attracted towards hanging out or talking to the people you've met in person versus yeah. those you just mm. see online. Because it's so weird, like, yun nga, the anxiety of like. How you're gonna, how we're gonna like re-enter society? It's just really crazy. <laughs> I, I just realized that, like, when I was thinking about, like, there there are people who I've only met through like Twitter and whatnot, and I would love to like see them in person. But I realized that I don't like when when that finally happens, I don't know what I'm going to do with my body. Like, I don't remember anymore like how to orient myself or how to walk or how to stand. So I'm gonna need like a full week of like. Parang queer eye, but it's just teaching teaching me how to how to walk and stand again. You should make a video special, queer oh eye. God. <laughs> Emil, I will help you. I will get. Please. You. I also need clothes. Like I don't know how to dress myself anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yay! 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 I to see uh, uh tan friends. Tan friends. Tan friends. And uh, who's Anthony? <laughs> Who's Anthony in our group? I know I'm Jonathan. I'm, <laughs> I'm the I'm the person you're supposed to to make over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So.
Excited. Perns uh, and uh, any last like favorite discoveries before oh. we head on to our next part? Uh, Jeremiah, go ahead. I have stuff. Wait. Um, I've been one of those uh, kind of basic, but I don't care. I'm basic. <laughs> so, um, I I got into plants. Mostly, mostly is <laughs> a necessity because I was tired of not seeing life. So when you don't see your friends, like it's nice. It's kind of sad, but when you see a le- and you leave, like oh, there's it, it's alive. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing yeah. when the first new leaf comes out and you're like, what? You don't even. I, I did that. <laughs> I did think this is, this is like um one 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 thousandth of what it feels like to be a parent, I think. <laughs> oh, and, okay. Yeah. And another thing that unexpectedly I I really like now, TikTok. <laughs> okay. Pre, pre-pandemic, I thought it was like the app where young people dance. <laughs> but yeah. it's so much more than that. There's so many genres they talk and I'm about urging dance. Jeremiah to like really kickstart his TikTok career like doing fashion thinking about it you should really do, do it, it. Do contacts it. I do for like the past three years I've been doing red carpet uh, recaps on Instagram stories and it's fun it's like it's a it's my little personal writing exercise to make me not totally hate my chosen field <laughs> but uh <laughs> Yeah, the TikTok algorithm is so chef's kiss, but also like data privacy concerns. But yeah, TikTok is more than 16-year-olds doing choreographed dances. There, oh, uh, there's film TikTok, if you guys might like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're mostly like 16 and 17, so you know. <laughs> also, I think. Well, Obviously. so it's fun for you. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, yeah. yeah, even in the music industry, like TikTok's really what we look into, oh, yeah. into what makes what's trending, what's number one. You know, the number one song of the year. Driver's like license. Eight week driver's license is a lot of things to TikTok and Olivia's popularity in TikTok even before she released it. Even uh, Heartbreak Anniversary by Giveon is also that a TikTok algorithm because it's so sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, context for those who don't have TikTok, you just get fed content that you like. Can you imagine? Like, it doesn't depend on who you follow. or It's a black uh, hole. <laughs> yeah, you just get fed content that you like. And how do they do that? It's scary, and I don't know, but you'd get fed content that you like like from whomever the robot so like, the robotics of it all or ai is like really the ai of it all this is skynet so, yeah. tiktok is skynet oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh no what? we had a we had a discussion uh before na parang, is tiktok cinema <laughs> oh of, god because hmm. short films before i mean this early short films were 10 seconds long. Diba? Some of mm. them, diba? So, mga ganun. So, para ako, 
Okay naman. I think pwede naman. If I can log it into my letterbox, that would be great. Oh, that'd be insane. That would be so crazy. Oh my gosh. Uh, yung, like, top, yung top four mo, puro TikTok. Putas <laughs> <laughs> puro rewatch siya, no? That would be insane. I rewatch this 20 times. Tapos magkakaiba yung review. Oh my God. I agree, I agree. You know what? It's not far from happening. I mean, a lot of songs were created through TikTok, even musicals. Ratatouille, I was just gonna say. Yeah. musical. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the other one? Bridgerton the musical also. And oh my god, Bridgerton musical. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing. Yes. Oh, it's also a TikTok driven And you were saying about BLs? No, like, that's another lockdown discovery. I didn't know that existed. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, hey. It's a very lengthy discussion <laughs> another, for another time, I feel. But I feel like since our last, we had a BL episode last year, but that was at the onset of the BL phenomenon. I feel like we should have one again to, like, revisit what BL has become since then. Especially since a lot of Pinoy BLs have emerged ever since that episode. 50 plus. My gosh. Plus. And mm-hmm. counting, ha? And counting. Because they're still producing. Shout out po sa mga taga-BL joke. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out po. You know, speaking of quarantine uh, faces, you know what's so funny? How short-lived this face was. The cooking face of quarantine. Uh-huh. <laughs> At first, everyone was like, Oh my God, Bon Appetit on YouTube, uh, Le Crusette Pots. I love cooking. And then a month later, people are like, screw it. I'm going to grab food every day. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the place started opening, I was like, bye. Bye, girl. <laughs> Because oh that's back when people were still like super optimistic and they were like, you know what, this lockdown is going to be only going to last till like, you know, mid-2020. <laughs> And then, here we are, 12 months later. Reconnect with ourselves. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to learn so much. Reconnecting sucks. <laughs> like, I'm going to learn so much new lessons and modules in the next two weeks before everything goes back to normal. No. Nope. I'm gonna But get that. in touch with my inner self. No, my inner self is scary. Oh, get self. me out of No, I don't, I don't like me. No. <laughs> I need therapy. God, yeah. I need therapy from myself. Wait, I don't lockdown discovery also. Online therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recommend, recommend, recommend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And online retail therapy, I must add. <laughs> Don't recommend. Can I just say, like every time it's like a 4-4 or a 3-3 or a whatever, like, <laughs> the Twitter gays will, will complain online about Your purchases. That's such a Twitter gay cultural thing. I don't know why. Yeah. Sobrang true. They'll buy a new tripod or something. Yeah. Or a new ring light. New ring light. <laughs> ano yung uso ngayon? Sunset lamp. Masa ida lamp, yeah. I have no clue. What, what is a sunset lamp? It's like, you just... yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just look at the viral Twitter tweets and you'll see someone Yung parang purple na may lamp. yellow uh, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Am I allowed to say this here? Because I don't know. I don't know. It, it is a safe for work. But that was thanks to Rose, right? From Blackpink. I think she was the one who started that um trend also in general. We pero like sobrang side note lang. Oh my god, sorry. Nagkwento na lang ako at this point. Sobrang gusto ko ng projector. ya <laughs> I have been uh, it's actually you know it's discord like I I have most of the time because when I, after work I'm just on my own like whether I just do whatever I want and then suddenly my one of my college friends invited me to join their game nights and now every week I'm playing with them and every even during work I'm talking to I'm talking to them it, it gives me the feel now I'm not alone at home. Like it gives me the feel that I, I'm still talking to someone. Parang it just makes me feel that there's this society still around me, even if I'm they're not physically with me. It just so it's a really good reminder to that I still have friends and stuff. Wala na kano lang tawa na I can wala na and Discord is such a great place pala to meet people because there's a lot of public channels but I didn't know that. So you can meet people from all around the world, and you, know, you get to play, have game nights with friends. So yeah, you know, that's something. You know, it has like for this. Siguro like in 2021, Discord has been the greatest discovery for me, or nice. maybe late lang pumasok. And where do we find these public Discord uh, groups? Yeah, like I know, like I'm like I know a lot of YouTubers. They that's how they interact with their fans. Like they have their own Discord channels, so that's how they get input from their from their viewers. They ask them, "Oh, for the, I'm gonna about to watch this uh, this new series. If you wanna watch it with me, and we can have a live discussion, we can just join my Discord channel." Parang ganun. And there are even some. I'm not a gamer, but I know my friends join gamer channels, where they all just discuss about you no know, bago nila purchase purchase and stuff. They watch tournaments together. It's crazy now how big these communities can be, and it's pu- sometimes public and sometimes private. Ah, na na katotoa ako like what? May kanto pala na source of ano na of community. It's it's amazing. It's I mean definitely that's one of the benefits. As Jeremiah, I mean circling back to what Jeremiah mentioned earlier about connecting with people and especially. Yeah. You know, here now we still get to talk everyone on this podcast on this show uh, throughout the year, and it's nice to have people to have um, discussions, quite short discussions, lang about our thoughts. So, yeah, thank you to everyone who's been with us and who continues to be with us in the past year as we head on to our second year, um, or third year, na pala rather. And can I just say, Chala? I don't. I think if it weren't for the pandemic, I wouldn't be as active with popcorn as I currently am. Because like, I, I live in Paranaque. I don't think I'd go to Ateneo <laughs> every week. So this was, I guess, blessing in disguise. Na rin. 
I guess this will be like eventually a merging or a hybrid of like live people in the studio and people on Zoom. We will see about that when it does happen. And I would parang, also ah, go ahead. Parang Graham Norton show lang where they have yeah. like special guests on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Like all the talk show hosts now. And lastly, I just wanna uh, shout out to my Animal Crossing villagers. I haven't like met up with them for so long now. I hope they're in a good place. Wala <laughs> akong um, magandang seg to the next segment. But uh, now we're gonna be moving towards talking about award season in general. This isn't our like, this isn't really a deep dive. We'll discuss some of the hot topics or our hot uh, thoughts about um, what has been happening. Well, the Golden Globes kicked it off um, late in Feb. Uh, but, you know, that's been a while from now, from the time we're recording. So we would talk about the more recent um, the more recent stuff. Ito yung akin. <laughs> it's Wanda. <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> um, so, I mean, first, let's start off with the Grammys, which just oh. happened a few days ago at the time of recording. Well, there's a lot of controversies and a lot of historic wins that happened in the Grammys. So, of course, let's start with, I guess, uh, the historic wins. Um, first with Beyonce, who was awarded or who became the most awarded vocalist of all time in the Grammys with 28 Grammys. Uh, she won four awards that night, winning uh, the best music video for Brown Skin Girl, Best R&B Performance for Black Parade, and two awards with Megan Thee Stallion, namely um, Rap Song and Rap Performance for The Savage Remix. And also Megan won Best New Artist of the Year. So, yon, congrats Queen B. Any thoughts on that? I mean, she was the most nominated this year. So, And I guess she ended up getting a lot, the bulk of... Every, I feel like everything was spread out to everyone else but her. I mean, not but her, but oh, like yeah. she got more than everyone else got at least one. I feel like this um, just cements Beyonce's, uh, her position as our generation's Michael Jackson. She's like the definitive entertainer right now. And like to deny it, you'd be like, are you blind? Because <laughs> <laughs> I love her, but... Yeah, well deserved. And I love how she no one even knows she'd attend the Grammys. So like when she showed up, we were like, oh. And her face of being so proud for Megan when they won. Mm, yeah. And like Noah, Trevor Noah was like, Oh, congratulations. And she was like, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> this is happening. But like it's oh, I feel like it's also so nice to see how she's cementing also her legacy, not just as that performer of the generation, but also in bringing about new artists to the world or to the industry, like supporting Megan, yeah. supporting Chloe and Halle. And she's always been so supportive of rising talent. Like uh, in 2009, the MTV VMA, she was the one who gave Taylor Swift yeah. the moment, her moment to say her speech 
when Kanye West interrupted her. That was so gracious of her. And I think that's a hallmark of Beyonce. Talaga. She's always been so gracious and supportive. She knows what it's like to, you know, to be a young woman in the industry. And she's always been so supportive of young female talent. Yeah. Actually, super idol, super idol for Beyonce, by the way. I just keep getting disappointed that I feel like, and obviously, maraming ganito dito sa Grammys and also other awards. But like, I feel like she never gets the the main main awards. Gets. Mm. Um, I feel like they just decided to give her. Um, they don't. They don't give her the big four. She hasn't won a album of the year, right? Um, but and then they only disgrace. <laughs> they only give her urban or R&B the mga awards, and I feel like, I feel like obviously that's that's still an honor. Pero that's that's all for me. But obviously, like I'm very happy that she got all of these nominations for a year that she didn't really campaign for. Yeah, yeah. right. Like she didn't, did she? Yeah. So that's very interesting. I say that was one of the early conversations, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, um, as we know from like Frank Ocean not submitting to Blonde, for example, like historically, hindi naman talaga fair yung statement sa black artist. Um, I think actually Beyonce is one of the very few exceptions to that just because, I mean, if you think about it, like who else has a 30-year career, right? Like her. Like her. Like her. No. To, the, to, the, to the level of inter- international stardom to the level of artistic like independence and excellence but it's hard for me to like name a list of people from from the top of my head maybe that's also because of the whole a shadow of music as the radio music and they think just uh stemming off what jay said i think a lot of beyonce's success is credited to how what's the right word the non-offensive word to say this. She was so friendly to white audiences. Like she... Ability? Um, I, I remember this SNL skit from when Formation... Uh, for me, uh, La- Lemonade, when Lemonade came out, uh, where a lot of white people were like, Beyonce's black? Because it's only now that you, ever since the Lemonade era, she really leaned into her blackness yeah yeah and now nowadays you get stuff like black is king but the beyonce of 20 years ago was singing about being single and you know all these pop uh it's very you know it's the very mainstream i feel like it's only now that she's earned the right not the right but then she's she's felt comfortable enough in her success to really uh, create the art that she wants to create. Also, can we talk about the fact that Blue Ivy has a Grammy? She has a Grammy. At how old? 13? She has one more. What? Is she 13? She's, no, isn't she younger? She's nine. Probably nine, yeah, she's nine. I was like, like, I'm not that old. We yeah, also remember that. how Blue was just born like maybe yesterday <laughs> or parang that, that's yeah, how it feels. Yeah. I don't, I don't it doesn't feel like she's young. that old. Blue YB in my head and Northwest, they're, they're celebrity babies. And even yeah. Suri Cruz for that matter. 
Oh my god, how I mean, the so, sorry, now so Blue sorry. Ivy has one more Grammy than another group we will be talking about later. Oh no. Wait, no, we're not part of this. Wait lang. I'm Blue ready to I- be <laughs> go ahead. Ivy was born 2012, the year we entered college in New <laughs> The year okay. the year the world was supposed to be ending, but it's yeah. now. <laughs> instead. <laughs> I feel like tomorrow she's just gonna land the modeling campaign and we'll be like, what? Oh my god, amazing. That child. Sorry. I have to say though, I love that music video. I love that music video though. Brown Skin Girl is so nice. It's so... Yeah. I felt it. So I'm so happy. If all the wins of Beyonce's wins, that was the one I was so happy for. I love that one. Such a good one. They got Lupita Nyong'o for the pretty like Lupita line. That's so cool <laughs> to me. It's so cool. Okay, and now we head on to the next uh, historic win of the night. My background, my shirt, my <laughs> life. Uh, <laughs> we have Miss <laughs> Taylor Swift with uh, her third album of the year Grammy, um, and her. Th- <laughs> I, I, This is like she's the first woman to ever get three uh, album of the year Grammys, and um, she won these in three different decades, which is also really like interesting that uh, she did win uh, Fearless in 2010, um, yeah. 1989 in 2016, and now in 2021 or 2020 Folklore, which is really I feel like really deserved it. I mean, everything was a lot of the nominees were deserving, but I feel like in terms of the pandemic era album, like what what's the most like defining moment, or in terms of like you know everyone is like dropped everything and listened to folklore, and that honestly folklore was like really helped me through a big chunk of that last year as well. Uh, Jace, I know you have a lot of feelings about Taylor Swift as well. <laughs> I love her. I love it. Oh, feeling ko, I don't know. Feeling ko yung magiging next album of the year thrice. It's gonna be Adele. Yeah, uh, she has two already. Yeah, yeah. she has two. Uh, yeah, 19, 21, and then the unnamed one. Right? Oh, 21, 25, and then. At 21, 25. She like 30 now, <laughs> or 29. See Adele. No, I I I know Adele and Taylor Swift are like the same age. Also. Yeah, I think she's yeah. 30 right now. So Adele is no. 30 now. Yeah. 31. 31. Oh, yeah, 31. <laughs> yeah, because Taylor Swift also just turned 31. She celebrated the fact because it's the, like, kabaligtara ng 13. Oh, 13. So, <laughs> But she didn't get her 13th Grammy, right? She didn't. No. She only has 11 so far. Sad reaction. So, yeah. Go. I love I love Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift since Taylor Swift, her album. I don't know. And like I I don't know. Like I think that Folklore is a very very much a pandemic film in the same I, a pandemic album in the same way that I think a lot of the films which we're going to be talking about later are very much reflective of pandemic era when mm-hmm. um pero uh and daming and daming kung gustong albums na nasnob pero I'm really happy that she she got this. I I think yung conversations maybe I'm just on date with her. Pero 
the conversations were really more of like, is it gonna be Taylor Swift or Dua Lipa, right? And I think that, I think that Dua Lipa, yung album niya mas fever dream, mas where the gays wanted to go versus where the gays were really at, which was, <laughs> which was in a pandemic. So, um, yeah, and I, I, I think that as an album, like, I think it's one of our most coherent ones. Um, I don't, Sorry, not that I'm music. Uh, so <laughs> I love the album. Even if it's not that high in the ranking of Taylor Swift albums. <laughs> the, the red slander on my ranking, though. <laughs> I got... My my red was like number eight of nine albums. What? And they're like, I'm sorry, everyone. I love red. Yung red, yung feeling ko talaga dapat nanalo siya na. Yes, I agree. Yes, red is red is my number one by red's a very number very, one. very large margin. I think I think it's legitimately like one of the best albums of the decade. So yeah, yeah. I, but know. also, can I just say like Taylor Swift won for album of the year for three different genres, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Country, pop, and argue. What is genre? Let's not get into that now. Let's not talk about that now. I got college more flashbacks. Going back to folklore, I feel like it's such a career versus Dua Lipa, for example. I think folklore is a very career-defining moment also for Taylor Swift breaking out of the boundaries people have put her in in the last few years. And Mm -hmm. I think it's deserving also because of that fact that you know, she's just been marked as a certain type of artist na rin at a point. And she proved to everyone, even the indie lovers, the folk lovers, that, you know, she can still do this. And she can still shock a lot of people about what she can do and um, prove that her lyrical <laughs> song writing genius is really up there. Emil, thoughts on I was that? just going to say, no, I mean... For the Grammys discussion because I don't know like the same way that Denny isn't really caught up with current music, uh, current movies, like I don't know anything about music really. Um but like folklore was I, I was always like I was never really a Taylor fan. Not not because I didn't act I, I not because I actively disliked her, just because it wasn't she wasn't really my thing. But folklore was the thing that convinced me and it, it uh caused me to go back and revisit the stuff that she put out before and but my my reaction to listening to her stuff again is number one her albums are very very long number two um like i like nobody nobody told me that her like her non-singles were so good i mean what's the, what's the title yes what's yes. the what's, singles are better than her singles yes. no i know he and, has a history of choosing really bad yeah singles. i i don't r- remember I can't name exactly like which non-singles like I really really like, but what's the title of the first track off Red? State of, of Grace. Grace. Yeah, like, that, that's like my favorite Taylor song right now because I didn't know that she could write stuff like that. So, uh, like, I I don't know if like I'm I'm sort of like a normie among like Taylor Swift fans for only getting into her through folklore and evermore. But I mean, it it introduced reintroduced me to her stuff. I still have a hard time listening to like love story because I, I hate Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> so, like the reason why I don't like that song isn't necessarily because of the song. It's because I hate Romeo and Juliet. It's not a love story. 
so did their families, exactly. diba? That's why they died, diba? Yes, exactly. Anyway, yeah. Yan yung, yan yung contribution Taylor Swift discussion. Can I say stuff as a reformed Taylor Swift hater? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And uh, emphasis on reformed because this is somewhere where me and Chola have butted heads <laughs> in have the we? past. Yeah, like I remember, I clearly remember a fight in Plevsem. But anyway, um, I feel like... Uh, the folklore era and the Evermore era is Taylor Swift returning to her roots. There came a time where the 1984 squad goals specifically yeah, 89, where it felt so manufactured and not, she didn't feel like the fearless Taylor where, you know, what endeared Taylor to so many fans, myself included, back in high school, was how she, she was that girl who would write song lyrics down in a notebook about her crushes. She was, she was so earnest and honest and so willing to put her feelings down into song. And then 1989 happened and all this association with supermodels, it all felt so fake. <laughs> and then now she's going back to her... It's not country, but fo- her folk roots, which it's so much more true, and it rings to the kind, yeah, the kind, yeah. yeah. So like, good for her. Like, this really is her niche. I feel like she could be the Joni Mitchell of her generation. Um, <laughs> I mean, like big, yeah. big, 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 big shoes to fill in, but uh, that actually kind of yeah. I have complicated Taylor Swift feelings, and that is like the crux of it. I feel like a lot of people miscast her as Joni for, yeah, real fans. <laughs> uh, a lot of people try to make her the Joni Mitchell of the 2010s when their styles are so different that, uh, like, it's so strange to me because Taylor Swift's lyric writing is a lot more punk rock than singer songwriter. There's not a lot of poetic structure there's not a lot of like it's not it doesn't feel deliberate it doesn't feel written it feels like she's just okay i'm gonna scribble this a notebook this is my first draft but any other draft is gonna be worse the first draft is gonna be pure it's gonna be great and that's honestly it's it's kind of punk and it's not like when you read a Juni mitchell lyric it's like she obviously drafted this like 20 times but for taylor Swift, it's like it's pure and honest and her best stuff feels like a first draft it feels like she got it right on the first draft. It feels like, very like Yeah. It feels distinct. And I'm like, it's so weird how people try to make comparisons. Taylor Swift is the Taylor Swift of our generation. She's not like... Anyone it's else. It's so hard to find an analog for her because the style and the method clash so much. Just That's mine. Or like, that's my sorry, yeah, she's not a Joni. She's more of a Carly Simon. Yes, that's good. I like that one. I like that. Parang writing about your exes <laughs> in catchy tunes. I like Taylor now. <laughs> yeah, Taylor, Taylor good. Taylor good. Yes, correct. <laughs> but I mean, yun nga. I mean, we're seeing the legacy of Taylor in a lot of new artists. Also, like Olivia Rodrigo is very um, upfront about having uh, Taylor as one of her idols and even like uh, Conan Gray, one of the artists also who says Taylor Swift is one of his um, writing inspirations. So, you know, good job. And, you know, um, we're, we're going to continue to um, look forward at least to what 
comes next because you never know what she's doing next. Aside from the re-recordings, of course, um, it's very unpredictable at this point. And um, um, enough about Taylor. Um, congrats to our other faves. Any other faves you want to mention mention from the winners before we go to the last Grammys topic? From um, the winners, grave. Meg, congrats, Yes, Meg. My my current favorite girl in hip hop right now. She and like I was I knew her from Savage and all the TikTok songs, but then I watched her NPR uh Tiny Desk Tiny concert. Talent mm, talent. I, I fell in love. I recommend. I will link it to our group later. Um and I love how and I mentioned this with Prince and Chola, I think, when you were talking about the Grammy nominations, currently, like, in hip-hop, when you talk about women in hip-hop, you have uh, Nikki and Cardi, and, you know, they're famous for butting heads and dissing their opponents mm-hmm. in their lyrics. And Meg just comes in, being the, she sort of, she just raps about, she's like the Lizzo of hip-hop. She just raps about how hot she is. <laughs> and, and that's so, I love her for that. And, yeah, all of her songs are Bob. Her flow is amazing. Very well deserved. The the only like other Grammy winners that I really like listen to are well, it's one person. Like not that not that she really cares about the Grammys, but Fiona Apple yeah. won two Grammys for the first like for the first time in like how many years? Um, and again, I'm just so happy that the rock categories were so dominated by women, which it's, it always makes me so happy because in like the comment sections for the songs, like after the nominations, and damning dudes who are complaining the pattern, this isn't rock or whatever. I'm like, whatever, man. Like nothing is rock. There's no genre. Anyway, yes. <laughs> it's rock. Like Phoebe Bridgers is so rock. I don't yeah, know what. Exactly. Like, it's so stereotypical, like traditional rock. Where's the I guitar mean, solo? <laughs> guitar solo in Kyoto rules. But that's true. I, I mean, genre has really been like very flexible and not even yep. like nothing anymore these days. I mean, after after Old Town Road, which is number one, it's hip hop. Number two, it's country. Number three, the the backing track is a Nine Inch Nails song. So like, how more genre bending can you get than that? And you get a remix with um, with Billy with, Ray Cyrus. With Billy Ray, with Billy Ray exactly. you also get a remix with There's... RM. I think it was yeah, RM nothing, on BTS. Nothing, not, Nothing's uh, real anymore. You know, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I think in the post Lady Gaga world, <laughs> genre is dead. Yeah. And congrats to um, Dua Lipa, best pop album. Before we head to Gaga, best pop album of the year, Future Nostalgia, deserved also Deserve. a um, And of course, that uh, very controversial category this year, which is the best pop. Duo slash group. Wait, sorry, sorry. Go can, ahead. Can I say can I say stuff about Dua? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love her. She gave us a dance album for a year where there was no dancing. Um, and after she was being like, you know what, Dua's not a dancer. Dua's not a performer. She proved everyone wrong. Also, with the uh, future. Nostalgia. Someone tweeted, and I kept, <laughs> I kept laughing for like five minutes. It was such a great idea, idea to bully, bully her <laughs> to uh, <laughs> to be a performer. <laughs> because grab it from from the from those days. She's involved, man. But then, like, <laughs> I feel like future nostalgia is that album where you really see Dua stepping into her own, in 
pure diva fashion. Like, her looks got better. She had a good stylist. She had a great choreographer. Her sound got more defined in this mm-hmm. album. Like, she's really leaning into the disco, uh, neo-disco of it all. I love her. And, like, I'm... Perfect uh, album for working out. If Hot tip. <laughs> <laughs> and really like feeling it's also another pandemic uh vibe album yung ano uh break my heart yeah like i should have stayed at home that was at the beginning of the pandemic right <laughs> and um also harry styles one um best yes. pop yes. song pop happy, solo happy, performance happy. for watermelon sugar um congrats to him that's his first uh, i feel like he should have been nominated or given more love in oh, general with yeah. the type of music he's been coming out. Um, and with the blessing of a lot of like greats also. I think Stevie Nicks being Stevie one of them. Nicks. Stevie Nicks said in an interview that she loves Harry Styles because he's not a pop idol. He's a rock idol. And he is. I see it. I see it. Yes. And, uh, you know, that also iconic moment of him and Taylor talking to each other again publicly, <laughs> but without masks. So, um, yeah. And finally, I guess we're heading to that last controversial bit, which I feel like a lot of people aren't. I, a lot of people are afraid of speaking out about this. That's why I'm in the middle of this show. Um, um, and uh, you know, the best um, pop vocal, uh, best pop duo and group song, and that is "Rain on Me." Deserve. That's a song we really all love in the pandemic, and we wish we could like dance to and enjoy with a lot of people in public. Uh, but of course, one of the most um, historic um, nominees for that um, category is of course BTS, who was the first um, Korean group to ever be nominated for that. And uh, ayun, a lot of ARMY were upset about them not winning that award. And of course, that also sparks a lot of conversation between ARMY the toxic army, the non-army people. And, you know, it's just kind of sad that, you know, there's, it's a whole complex um, discussion because a lot of um, army or BTS supporters are also not um, supporting that kind of rhetoric that the super hardcore fans are, like, really putting out there. Like, um, I think uh, Rain On Me got 100,000 dislikes on... Um, YouTube for the music video after it won just because BTS lost against that song and it's just really like sad na parang for what like why can't we just enjoy that it's an honor itself to be nominated in that category and being you know breaking boundaries as BTS in uh, that white um, award show <laughs> and like um, it's, it's just like very disappointing to see a lot of the attacks that are happening and, you know, parang it's just so sad to see, you know, why can't we just celebrate music? Why can't we celebrate um, each other? Even in the K-pop world, because it also translates into that sometimes where, you know, armies just like BTS, BTS. And what about the rest of the industry of K-pop? There's a lot of great K-pop out there. And, you know, um, people are also saying it's the scammies because they got BTS and kept them at the end of the show because... You know, they just want they just want the viewers. What about BTS having all these accolades and numbers for Dynamite? 
and still they did not win. Parang, you know, nagsisilabasan lahat ng mga ganyang paratang for, you know, the award show. Although, of course, the award show, the award-giving body itself has a history of being very biased against certain types of music or artists. But with that, that um, putting that aside, I feel like, you know, it's just also... That's how it goes for awards. You can't win everything, I feel. And, um, you know, I also love BTS very much. They're my gateway into K-pop. But it's just sad that fans can't get out of that bubble to appreciate others that are not their own fandom. So, yun lang. And yeah. parang, you know, at the end of the day, it's also marketing. Of course, everyone mm-hmm. else went on to that show to perform, whether in whatever in whatever position that they placed them on the program. And they didn't say a thing that if Taylor had lost that award, I, I of course, would have been disappointed. But I wouldn't be like, oh, Taylor went to perform and she didn't win. What a injustice. <laughs> parang ganun, diba? so parang, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? And, you know, it's not ending until how how many days after the award show? Oh, I can go as, a, as an agnostic. <laughs> Uh, as an agnostic, and I'm like, whatever, I'm on private on Twitter now. So, like, <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, I will say a lot of people got the mute button like two days ago just because uh, it's 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 normal. I think it's award show rhetoric that comes up a lot. I like to imagine if Parasite hadn't won Best Picture, I feel like we might have seen something similar but not as intense mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. yeah, okay. like. You know, but also in the sense that I was, it reminded me of, I was thinking about buying a book. It's fangirl scenes from modern music culture. Uh, mm-hmm. they make, the writer makes a distinction between fans and stands, which I thought was interesting and I've always like used it now. It's like fans are like traditional. They're like, you know, I like the music and what matters is I like the music. It's very almost famous. So, you know, it's like, that's also the way I approach it. Like, none of the artists I like were nominated except Fiona Apple. And I'm like, whatever. But stands are different, at least in the nomenclature and ginamit. Because they're formed by, under different, like, communities. And then it's very, there's a focus on numbers, on competition, on winning. And I don't know. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. I'm, maybe it's just, it's so hard to reconcile that with a notion of fandom that, you know, comes from liking a certain underappreciated thing. Because you know you're not going to get awards for that. But I think that they're so divorced in context, like divorced from each other in like dynamic, that to conflate like how a stan approaches it versus how a fan would approach it isn't, I don't know how productive a discussion that is. Because mm-hmm. they just, I've figured out that they approach it so differently that I'm just like, okay, they do their thing and I'm just gonna do like my thing, but the, it was critical mass after the gram. It's just like uh, people were fighting on my feet. I'm like, calm down, guys. <laughs> it's it's an, it's an, like you know I, I didn't like I didn't see anyone who was like this when Green Book won. I'm just saying. <laughs> and Green Book and Green Book isn't is actually bad. Like you know, it's different when it when a good nominee beats another good nominee. It's just you're not gonna. You're not gonna win all the awards, as you said. But like, it's a fascinating subculture to just really think about. Maybe I will pick up that book now. But I, I mean, I guess you just have to show respect at some point. Yeah, right. regardless if right. you're a fan okay, or a fan. 
and they did not really show respect to not just the artists but also their fans and mm-hmm. I mean a lot of um, um, people surrounding the matter and um, I feel like you know is Dynamite also BTS's best song? Maybe not. I mean, yun nga, we were talking about Taylor Swift's Red not winning and that also being a really good album. But that only inspired Taylor to make her winning album, which was 1989. And, you know, that kind of like, it's not the end of the world to like lose that one time. It's not the last time BTS will be nominated. So, you know, I mean, I feel like there it's also just going to push them harder to break even more boundaries than they already are. So, it's just, you know, respect lang sana. And, ayun. <laughs> respeto naman, guys. Yeah. Self-respeto <laughs> Guys, respeto naman. And like, I wanna add, this isn't new for boy bands. Mm-hmm. Like, and not even just boy bands. Ever since like the Elvis days, the Beatles, in their first few years, Backstreet Boys, One Direction. And like, I believe talaga na too much blind following of anything is never good. Like, look at evangelical Christians who are super hardcore, like Trumpers. <laughs> Pan or, Girl, or the or, movie, yeah, explains or, it properly. <laughs> or, ayun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like, I think that every time you put a group of attractive uh male singers who can sing and dance really well, there there's bound to be some toxicity in the fandom. That's actual. It's like, it's it's a rule of life. <laughs> yeah. Ako personally, nalulungkot lang ako kasi parang yun yung naaalala ng mga tao about BTS during the Grammy. Mm. Rather than the fact that they're, they're groundbreaking, a groundbreaking nomination. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't the stand see that they're also tainting the image of their yeah. idols because of how they're acting, right? They probably okay, don't. <laughs> this is this is story, medge budding nito, but then this reminds me of when Valentina in season nine. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. This reminds me of like all the toxicity when she, she got eliminated and everything. It's very, it's very, you know. And the moment of silence to last week's Drag Race Eliminated Queen as well. I'm yeah. just going to say that. <laughs> um, any last right. thoughts on the Grammys before our Oscar nominees? Talk? It's not that big of a deal. Yes. <laughs> like, none, none of this. Care. None <laughs> of this. None, none of this is important. We'll talk about it later. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, the Grammys really is just a great place for... Uh, recording artists to like reinforce their brand and get some publicity out of the red carpet and great because like a lot of them did mm-hmm. and even newcomers like her and I'll be honest I don't know her it's a quotable moment sorry I, I thought of that joke kanina I just needed to sneak it in <laughs> but anyway but she was able to make an impression and that's really what award show is at its core about. Yeah. yeah. Get as much publicity as you can. Parang Kim Kardashian Hollywood love. Oh my gosh. <laughs> an iconic went, uh, uh, an iconic um, archive of when was that? 2015? Yeah, 16. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, uh, and now we head on to the Oscar nominees, which were mentioned, uh, uh, announced a few days ago. Um, Matt leads with 10 nods for this year. Mm. And um, some historic nominations include Riz Ahmed and Steven Yeun, making history as first Asian-American men to be nominated for actor in a leading role. Any thoughts on general nominations? Um, I feel like there's a lot to like unpack and we haven't all seen all the nomination all the nominees to be able to like say our full piece or a full opinion about it. Mm, I can go. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. As someone who has palpably not seen many of the nominees. And I will like when we do get into a deeper Oscars discussion, mm-hmm. I will reserve my controversial nomad land takes for then. Oh, uh, <laughs> can't wait. Uh, but I think what's interesting about like the nominations is it's I'm like you know how Os- the Oscars have a rep- like a reputation for being not diverse yes, and everyone uh-huh. gets mad all the time when they're not diverse. I'm looking at like the nominees list and it's like the most diverse I've seen the Oscars be, and I'm like suspect because it could all actually like end up you know being boring, but also I re- you know it's interesting the the notion of the idea of representation and how it's so important to like a lot of people. But I've also been reading about like there's sort of, it's sort of like when the establishment begins to co-opt representation as a sort of like, oh, as sort of good PR. Yeah. And it's interesting. And I'm just like, it's sort of, you should like, you should be suspect that they're nominating all of this. You should be suspect that they put, Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield in the same category. <laughs> so neither will win because they're going to cancel each other out even if neither are supporting actor, you know? So, like, you should be... It should be, like, the nominees are... The nominees are diverse and, sure, there's representation, but, like, how does that translate to actual production, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the more interesting... Uh, that's an interesting way to look at the nominees. Although I'm, like... I'm, this is... I'm not unhappy at the nomination. Like, I mean, there are some quibbles. Like, I would have wanted Dick Johnson is dead on documentary. Yeah. I would have wanted um, First Cow anywhere, somewhere, even in best visual effects, <laughs> anywhere. Like, I would, yeah, I mean, there's some stuff that you can complain about, but generally it's a strong, very Oscars slate. I'm not disappointed. But that in itself is like, huh, how will they disappoint me this year? Like, yeah, I was just going to say I was going to reserve my thoughts on the individual films. Like, the three of the Best Picture nominees I've seen, I don't like as much as everyone does. So, like, I'll save those for a deeper discussion. All right. I, I was going to say, Denny brings up a really good point about representation. I feel like a lot of people confuse representation in art like good representation in art with representation in awards shows like yeah. that is a completely different thing and the latter doesn't actually matter that much because if the awarding body is still mostly made up of old white people who really don't give a shit outside of their big ceremony then it doesn't it's it doesn't really matter so much i mean we can still be glad that uh people who wouldn't normally get the spotlight are finally getting a platform to like just be out there. Like Jeremiah said also about how the Grammys are really just one big branding thing. It's sort of the same for 
well any awards show really so i mean i mean it's it's possible for us like cognitively speaking to to uh be happy for riz ahmed and steven yun and yeah. chloe Zhao, but at the same time like wishing that you know the oscars wasn't the way that it was um and like my my thoughts on the on the nominations in general like i like i'm i'm okay with them like i after spending some time thinking because usually i find something to be mad about like i'm not really that mad about anything like i i like really like a lot of the films that are nominated but at the same time um because like the past year was like we watched movies outside of cinemas and we were at home and whatnot like it's just like i feel like all of us saw so many diverse things like we saw like lots of independent film and lots of things that we normally wouldn't be able to see in a cinema i think um so seeing the nominations now it's just it's still a little underwhelming because like given the weird viewing year that we all had it's so strange that the nominations this year aren't, aren't weird <laughs> like there, there aren't like the smaller films and whatnot i mean there are a lot of small films but you know there's no never early sometimes always there's no oh i forgot about that one yeah i know yeah, yeah i know um there's no like the the, the the nominees for like um the technical awards are still all like american yeah, productions like, and whatnot mm-hmm. like there's there's such a lack of imagination um in, in those categories because you know people had the entire year to watch things online to watch things from different countries but but the thing oscar nomination morning like it was still lots of western productions and it's just so it's just so tiring um but yeah i mean like i'm not i'm not for once i'm not like that mad necessarily about the i i i do not think that daniel kaluuya and lakeith sanfield are going to cancel each other out i think Kaluuya is definitely gonna win. I'm I'm still happy to see Lakeith there just because like he's the most yeah. anti-Oscar nominee ever because he's such a weird dude. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, yeah, he just seems like nah, that's not my thing. Exactly. Um, so but yeah, you know, like just what I said at the beginning, like it's I'm I'm happy for like individual people who are nominated and I'm still so <sighs> about awards in general even while I participate in all the discourse and whatnot just because this is the only like competition that I follow it's it's like sports to me because I don't watch I don't really watch sports I don't watch like reality TV so this is my reality What about TV. the Film Academy of the Philippines Emil Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I I have things to say about that we can talk about it later <laughs> I guess we're lead, we're heading more towards the direction of talking about awards in general than the yeah. nominees this year. Yeah. And um yun nga, the question is are awards even still relevant at this point? Right? And the I'm answer saying, is I'm not really yeah. <laughs> not exactly in the same way that yeah, they yeah. not in the same yeah, yeah, not in the same way. I'd say yes, just because Uh, as much as we whine about that awards are still such a big factor in increasing the revenue of artists. From a business perspective, you know, I can understand why they'd invest so much in campaigning and trying to win because it really does boost your career. But in terms of judging whether something is good, Mm -hmm. that's your only metric. As Emil was saying, you know, we've seen so many things and it's just not the same anymore for yeah. everyone to have a collective in a collective like, oh, this is the best 
at this point na everything's so accessible and everything is so, you know, diverse. And I feel like I have the infinity stones of streaming on in my hands and I can't even oh choose what to watch at this point. Because sometimes, cool. you know, I have the access to um, Netflix, Disney, HBO, Amazon, Hulu, everything, even I want. Yeah. All those are like just so accessible to us now that what we're watching is not really the same at the same time anymore the way it was before. Yeah. I have I have an analogy for awards, like across the board. It's sort of like going to an Ivy League school. Um, <laughs> it may make you look better in job interviews, or it, it's impressive on your resume, but it doesn't me- mean that you're the best candidate out there. Ivy League ba? Or <laughs> I want I want to say the local <laughs> counterpart, but I was scared, so I <laughs> think <laughs> we're removed from that. Mm. Yeah, Ako, go, Jace. Um, okay, so I have a very difficult relationship with award season. Um, because at least more recently, yeah, more recently, because like after watching like more films and after realizing that so many, so many amazing directors throughout history have not had any of these like major awards, right? Like Ingmar Bergman doesn't have an Academy mm-hmm. Award for directing, for example, for directing, right? He's only been nominated once. But he doesn't have an... an, an yeah, he doesn't have, and he only has one nom, so... David Lynch has only mm-hmm. one. Has only one. An honorary. An honorary. An honorary. But at the same time, like, ako kasi, ang huge belief ko is that award season is only a starting point for young cinephiles. Yun yung palagi kong frame of mind. It's like, mm-hmm. this is where people can go to if they want to watch. Tapos, if they want to watch the who influenced this filmmaker or who these people were working with before that, that's a great way to start. Pero for people to think that it's like the penultimate of the, art yeah. excellence, that's not true. But, here's the thing. Like, awards season isn't just about artistic excellence. It's like Jeremiah said, it's also about money. And actually, and not only about money, the reason I think they matter also is because of history. Because a lot of films don't get a place in history because no one talks about them. Um, and most recently, I'm more interested in films that don't belong to like the dominant narratives, short films, pero, and it's also because of like what I personally can consume now. Kasi ang hirap mong consume ng films, guys. As in, how do people binge watch stuff? Hindi ko talaga alam kung paano. Um, but like, for example, uh, bigay lang ako na example in terms of like marketing or whatever. Nomadland, uh, which is one of the, uh, yeah, six Oscar nominations. Six, yeah. Right? Six. six, yeah. Um, interestingly, Nomadland was the first film that was released in drive-in cinemas that had opened sa U.S. Ooh. Oh. Diba? And it's film that's essentially about being in a car diba? and everything. So so that in itself is both that's more, most people, you know, first cinema experience nila after lockdown one. Two, it's um, one of their most memorable, obviously, because first time nila in lockdown and everything. Uh, and three, I think that that plays a lot into marketing, right? That the viewing experience mimics the film. So, so that in itself plays a lot into 
why it's so memorable. I remember that was said the big picture in a podcast, and like, and I think now must less your emphasis on the meet and greets and the parties, right? Because before the Oscars, that campaign segment mm-hmm. is such a huge part of it. And now that that's not as possible, um, obviously, set of nominations. But also, I think it's because a lot of the films that were Oscar bait um, didn't end up streaming. In 2020, in the in the window. Oh yes, okay, yeah. West Side yeah. Story. Yes. That's huh? Sorry, what? Like West Side Story. Story. All of those yeah. other films, they're not great. Yes. So I feel like we're getting all of these films also because the displaced mayon because they're more concerned with the return, right? So again, I that's one of the reasons why I think it's quote unquote more diverse, not necessarily because. Ako kasi personally, may mga bets ako na wala dito. Like, never really, sometimes, always. Beginning, which is a Georgian a Georgian film that is absolutely decimating. Like, sobrang, sobrang kanda niya. Um, and then, there's also First Cow. I love First Cow. Kelly Margaret and everything. Like, there are all of those films that, that don't have a place here. But I also think it's because never really, sometimes, always. And First Cow played at Sundance last year before the pandemic hit, right? Yeah, early. Because they played early, I feel like natabunan sila compared yeah. to the others. For example, yung Del- Delroy Lindo, I think, was... Uh, yeah, the Five Bloods was uh, the biggest nominated, right? I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's because malaki yung anti-Vietnamese um, sentiment against the film. Uh, that's by Vietnamese film critics. Um, oh, and me. Yeah, no, I don't. I didn't like that part of it. There's a lot of So like, it's that whole thing as well. So, yun. But for me, awards have only matter as much as we're willing to bet our money on it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I na a lot of films get erased from history because we're not willing to talk about it and because the marketing machinery doesn't want us to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like based, jumping off of that, may merit pa rin at some point na as I mean, Jeremiah was saying earlier, and I also want to bring this up, um, at least in the music industry side of things, or what I've experienced in awards um, <laughs> locally, na parang sometimes people don't even show up, even if they're nominated, if they know they're not going to win. And it's just like very sad for me how that kind of culture has come out here in the Philippines. Uh, or, I mean, it's the Philippines ahead of its time making awards kind of useless at this point or <laughs> is it sad that people aren't coming out to celebrate at least the honor of being nominated yeah. for such award-giving bodies because I've had a lot of um, invitations for our artists that I work with oh um, you're nominated you're invited to attend the um, the show or even perform in the show and their question would be like mananalo ba? In agad yung first question, mananalo ba? And I'm like, can't we just like be happy that we're being invited to perform, to promote our song, or like even just to um, be there and like be with the industry and celebrate the art? Of course, there's a lot of factors then coming into that. And yeah. it's not just um, strictly about music because I'm sure in the film industry, ganun din na, you know, if you're not gonna win, people people are just not gonna show up. 
parang yung uh, going back to like Taylor Swift BTS at least BTS showed up diba and Taylor Swift and all the artists who didn't necessarily win but were still nominated it's still like respected at some point but here yeah. kasi parang it's just like wow this is sad people don't attend just because they're they don't know if they're gonna win or not yun lang there's like a rant, mini rant in there <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'll bring up the since you asked about Famas. <laughs> See, uh, we actually J- J- Jason and I kind of talked about this also on his podcast with Vienna Basilio, Twenty uh, Something's yeah. podcast. Um, I mean, like full transparency, man. Like I, I personally would, like I would vouch for the couple of years that I was involved in Famas just because um, when I was in the room with Senorikili and everyone. It felt. It really felt like everyone was very self-aware about the fact that awards are a very political, uh, you know, branding-driven thing. Um, so the conversations that we personally had, the, ju- the jury had uh, about who to award, didn't revolve around like who was like objectively the best. Ganito, ganito. It was really people were really thinking of what kind of message do we send, uh, which filmmakers do we encourage through these awards. Um, but what. What I don't think I mentioned uh, in JC's podcast that I forgot, uh, but that I think is really important is I feel like, uh, again, I can only really speak for the couple of years I was at FAMAS. Um, there was more importance placed on writing citations for all of the nominees than for the actual awards night. And I feel like we got more social media buzz and we got more like gratitude from from the nominees through the through like the the citations we wrote for them on their nomin- nomination plaques so I, it, it was it was interesting because like it made me think of how in a lot of awarding ceremonies when people get nominated that's just sort of it and their names are just on the list and then they most of them lose when it comes to awards night um but like this is the first time i had encountered an awarding ceremony where there was more care put to letting every single nominee know that we're putting you on this list for a very specific reason. We're going to write it down in a nice you know, glass plaque and we're going to send it to you so that even if you lose, you'll remember that you weren't just a name on a list. So I thought that was a really interesting way that they, that they went about the awarding. Again, of course, I mean, it's not perfect because you're still picking like five people or 10 people out of like an entire year of, of cinema. Um, and like my stance when it comes to award ceremonies, always that, you know, they're always going to be imperfect. They're always going to be, uh, they're always going to look for views first. Um, but I also think they're going to be around forever. Um, and because they're going to be around forever, I think it, it's it's worth, they're, they're worth paying attention to it. Just like if, if for nothing else, just to make sure that nothing, that they don't give bad people power. Like I'm always thinking of, um, the Oscars giving Roman Polanski an Oscar in 2003 and everybody in that room standing up. And it's disgusting to think about. And it's disgusting to think that Roman Polanski is still winning awards in 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when that's when Adele Enel and Celine Siama like stood up and left, which is like the best thing. Um, but it's still like freaking, it's 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 weird that, that you know, uh, award ceremonies have so much power to, or at least like economic powering at to, uh, promote like the films of you know pedophiles and whatnot. So like for me at least that's part of the reason why I'll still pay attention to them just because you know just to make sure that or just to I don't know yeah you get what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we do. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, circling back to what Jay said earlier, then uh, you know, it's a nice way to at least see what a conse- sort of consensus about what's uh, like in the culture or what's in the conversation. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Na parang, you know, sometimes in the plethora of like streaming services and whatnot, you don't really know what to watch anymore. And, you know, the letterbox of it all is there and uh, Twitter is there. But sometimes there's just, uh, it's nice to have a reference also like, um, and also like, uh, like an imprint of time in some so in some sense now this is what the culture was in this year uh you know as like we were saying Taylor Swift folklore was such a pandemic album parang ganun na when we look back at 2020 we see that imprint in those nominees although syempre nominations continue to evolve in representation and all that but it's also a nice way to look at in terms of time and history na as mentioned in earlier yeah so Yon, any last thoughts about awards and whatnot before we wrap up? Very shallow uh, thought. No, sorry. Mine, mine is also super shallow. <laughs> go, go first. Very <laughs> shallow. Tell me something, girl. <laughs> A very, very shallow thought, but I'm extremely impressed by the celebrities so far in awards season and the stylists who they still manage to serve looks without mm-hmm. a literal red carpet. Oh my God. And like before people, one of my pet peeves is, oh, why do people care about what they wear to award shows? Um, <laughs> I don't think people understand how much money and how many contracts go into uh, the red Where, carpet. Who you're wearing. Yeah, like, Celebrities get paid to wear a brand for the night. And more than that, it's that if ever one of them wins, it's the picture. Mm-hmm. It's in yes. history. Yeah. It, it makes sense in image. Anyway, sorry. And it, I, nga, like, it leaves an imprint na parang, oh, Lady Gaga wore exactly. this meat dress. In Lady Gaga MPP. came in an egg. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, those will forever be iconic moments in... Or Bjork wore a swan to the Oscars. Or RuPaul went as himself in a camp-themed <laughs> red carpet. <laughs> he is camp. So, parang... <laughs> anyway, I digress. That's a topic for another episode. But I'm impressed by that even without an actual red carpet, you know, designers are still sending stuff. Celebrities are wearing great looks, even greater than in the pre-pandemic award season, to be honest. Like, people are really turning out even if they're posing in their backyard. And now my matching masks pa. Like, yeah, I love Taylor's <laughs> matching mask. The May Queen. So like, uh, I'm very the excited <laughs> for the Oscars. It's Hollywood's prom night, as everyone calls it. Sana ganun rin yung prom night ko. Oh my God. <laughs> Imagine so wearing Valentino to your prom. I wore like my Lolo stocks. Let's go and call Meryl Streep and James Corden to like make a whole lot. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> Wait, so, so, it, so it turned out that Jer's uh, comment was way more... Like mine is... I was really just going to say that like now... Right now like I'm saying like oh yeah no awards for some matter but next year in the Heights best picture... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna care a lot. Go, so Anthony, it's gonna happen. Anthony Ramos. Anthony Ramos. It's, it's Navi. Uh, 
perfect oh casting. He's, he's, he's so hot, you guys. He's too hot for Snuffy, <laughs> but I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> compared to Lin. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's really Can I just say, and like, sobrang walang connect to anything, but Lin Manuel has strong John Lloyd energy. John Lloyd Poggy energy. <laughs> Does that make sense? John Lloyd Poggy, okay, I can understand that. I get right? that. Like, not I can see him say, I can see him saying ingat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's a great, That's a great, That's a great observation. He's, okay. He's not conventionally poggy, but he has, there's something so good. Boy next door, good boy, cute about him. Hey. 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 And thanks for the ano, um, final words for the night. Or for the day, rather. Um, okay, and that wraps up our discussion on our lockdown anniversary and our award season thoughts. Uh, we will be having more Oscar thoughts as the as we draw closer Ooh. to the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And um, next, we have, of course, our ending uh, segment, which is our pop stop or our pop culture recommendations for the week of our favorite things we've seen recently and would like to recommend for people I will begin I finally got to watch the restored version of Kisap Mata by Mike DeLeon recently okay. and that was just like wow the power like how the heck are we still in that household as a country 40 years since they made that movie then that was like how bold of a statement were the filmmakers making at the time when it was martial law literally and then now to come up with it again with the restored edition remastered edition uh it's just like very timeless and i i can you can really see the terror in the faces of charita solis of Charo santos in how they were so scared of what was gonna happen to them and it just feels so relevant still and uh, if, if you have a chance to watch it i think it's on i want also to for streaming uh, go watch kisap mata so that's my recommendation for the week. Who wants to go mm, next? I, I can go next. Um, I've been powering my way through this 40-part documentary called Women Make Film. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, sort of a, it's sort of a reimagining of like film school taught exclusively through women directors. So, you know, they talk about staging, uh, setup, but it's not... Uh, you know, you don't have Godard, you don't have Fellini, you don't have Bergman, you don't have Coppola. And these are like the, you know, it questions why these are, our, you know, why, why are these like the only filmmakers most people know? Because most people, uh, it's so hard to name a film made by a woman before 2000 that's not clueless. Uh, so, you know, it's such a, it's, it's asks us to imagine a world where women filmmakers got their due. And, you know, there's the usual suspects also, you know, there's Bigelow, you get Ackerman, you have Varda. But, you know, I've discovered a lot of new filmmakers that I want to get into through the documentaries. I want to watch some Kira Muratova. I want to see some My Zetterling. I want to see the fun Catherine Bigelow movies that aren't about terrorism. Uh, so, <laughs> there you know, are. it's like, yeah, <laughs> Point Break. I think Point Break isn't about terrorism. I mean, I'm you can make the case that it is. Bank robbers. But, yeah. You know, like it's just it's an interesting exercise because a lot of these films, the narration makes a point of saying this film is rarely seen. 
this film screened once and won like best director at Cannes and then like five people know about it today. So it's also like to speak to Jason's point earlier about like how history, like how his how the canon is shaped in such a way that 99% of films are given the shaft. So it's, you know, it's really, I think that's the way we reverse that through meaningful curation, through meaningful preservation, through, hey, watch this movie that only 500 people have seen. You might like it. So I think that exercise is, you know, that's what's gonna, that's what's gonna bring these hidden gems to the light. And I want to support that. I think that's really, a really interesting project. Same. That's a really nice recommendation. Oh, I, have, I, have to re- I have to rethink that. my recommendation. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where can we see that or read um, about that? If you have a VPN and are willing to pay five fifty a month, it's on the Criterion Channel. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, oh, every like the Criterion Channel again is like if you like movies, you will not be. It will be five fifty well spent. Like I watch like twenty films a month on Crit Channel. And it has like everything you could ever want and more. Yeah. Also, that's the price of how many films here in the Philippines. That's like one to two films, depending on. Yeah. Yep. The that's like half a film in the US. <laughs> I know. That's half a film in the US. Yeah, it's so expensive oh. there. <clears throat> okay, next. Yeah, who yeah. wants to follow that? I'll follow. I'll follow. Okay, I'll follow it because I don't know. Kasi baka pa lang ano, suggestion ko. Um, uh, media that I consumed this week. Not exactly this week, but well, a few just a few days ago, I finally finished watching all all 40 seasons of Survivor. Oh my god. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Wait, I remember Burn saying that in an earlier last year episode. Oh my yeah. god. Now he's finished it. I finished oh, it. Episodes is that? How I many? Prince was 16, like 16 times uh, 14. 40. Yeah. So okay. that, that, that on, on Wikipedia, before. it's 596. What yeah. the hell? Yeah. Um, I've seen all of 596 oh plus plus the reunion shows. Oh my god. Also. Yeah. So what's so, your ano, top season that you'd recommend to anyone who hasn't seen Survivor? Oh, obviously, the I would recommend is the first one. Like, cause it it lays the ground the groundwork for everything, but and then, what for me the best season is it's Micronesia fans versus favorites because it already it in it in implements the changes that the Survivor game is going through, but it it, it still involves the gameplay that that is required to win, and it also involves favorites favorite players of the game and fans of the game. And because you have to understand, Survivor is still a reality show, so it's not just you're not just building a society, building a society together. You're also you also want good reality TV, and I think that's what the season that really encompasses as as a game show and as a reality TV show. Imagine and, being stuck on an island with your favorite. That's- yeah, exactly. So it, it that's an added layer also to the the game, the right? So, but yeah, I finished forty seasons. And but that's not what I'm gonna recommend. <laughs> unless, unless you have the patience for that, go ahead. But what I will recommend is something I have not watched yet. Tomorrow I'm gonna watch the Snyder Cut. Oh my God, I'm I prepared. I've, I don't care because I am prepared. I have prepared four hours of my life already dedicated to watching it. 
I don't know how it's going to be, but for sure I know it's going to be better than the theatrical release because at least I know that this is the vision that the director uses. The analog vision. The, the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll, get, I'll see how the aspect ratio changes my mind. But at least I know that this is what he sort of wanted it to be. And also, I think Winter, Sol- Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier starts. Yes, I'm so, excited to see both this weekend. Yeah, so I'm <laughs> excited for that one also. But more on the Snyder Cut because I wanna, I just wanna laze around tomorrow. Great. Related to that, like, okay, fine. My my major mababa recommendation. <laughs> um, I I don't really plan on watching Snyder Cut just because, walala. But, um. The the newest CW superhero show, Superman and Lois, is shockingly good, and it's, it's a it's a really good Superman story because for once it's a Superman who's actually likable, <laughs> who you can actually root for, and the story is about like I you really know, like Taylor family Hecklin. thing. Yeah, Tyler Hecklin. Tyler um, Hecklin. Well, I don't know, it's just it's it's just nice to to be reminded that just because superman is like the most powerful superhero you can still tell interesting stories when you give him like human problems like raising kids so that's what the show is about um yeah my my other recommendations in terms of music naman um a couple of albums that i well one i've been listening to on repeat another i i can't listen to again um the one on repeat is uh it's called ignorance by the weather station a canadian band that i just discovered and super super great um uh, driving music specifically like i have listened to them in the car all the time and it's it's perfect I, like i just sort of imagine i'm driving past like the sea i don't know but i'm not um and then the other one and then he knows this uh it's um Wait, what song would you recommend off of that oh, album oh my god like all of them really uh <laughs> maybe maybe like uh, tried to tell you or parking lot one of those um and then the other one which i Think is fantastic that I cannot listen to again. It's called um, an overview on phenomenal nature by Cassandra Jenkins, which I thought was is is so beautiful, but it's so sad that I I I cried really hard and I thought about lots of things and I didn't tweet for like three days <laughs> because I, I it literally like I literally had a breakdown because of that album. Like not even a fun breakdown. Like it was it was bad. Um, but it's a great album. <laughs> like if you're in the if you're in the if you're in the like space to listen to an album about grief that is really, really like about grief, um, I think it's worth it. But yeah. So, so, so. Album of the year, baby. That's the we'll one. See, yeah, the one. Yep. <laughs> Great. Next. Okay, I'll go next because Prince talked about watching an old beloved show. I recently finished Parks and Rec. Hey. And like, context. My best friend for the past ten years has been nagging me. Go watch this so we can watch something and rave about it together because we have wildly different tastes in media. And I was like, ah, no, it's boring. Government workers. <laughs> and then I watched it. It's oh my god, literally the best government awesome. office in the whole world. <laughs> I did not expect to fall in love this much with the show because it's funny and but beyond that, it's so smartly written. The on daming commentary and daming yung social commentary na pa, pa silip. but more than that i think what resonated for me is just how wholesome it is it, it's it's the comfort 
I needed to watch in this pandemic because it's so it's so it's like it's so earnest it, all the characters put their feelings out there and the reunion yeah. special was especially like oh oh my god heartwarming yeah. have you have you uh, have you uh, I don't know where to watch it because YouTube took it down I'll give you a link it's okay <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like Pony is what America Arr. thinks it is and what it should be the people in Pony Pony is so funny <laughs> because it reminds me so much of the Philippines actually yeah and like Uh, it's so smart the way they, uh, yung social commentary nila because it's all so funny and then you're like, wait a minute. It's it's the optimistic veep, honestly. Yeah, it's I like uh, what's his name? Si Councilman Jam is literally Tito Soto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. and like you know, our government would be a better place if it was it filled with Latinos here. Yeah. Okay, and finally, Jace. <laughs> oh my God, marami ako. Sobrang sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been listening a lot, listening a lot to um, Rina Sawayama. Yes, finally. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I just started this week. <laughs> I got excited. And I'm crying. It's so good. Like, from the first two songs ka lang, like Dynasty and XS, like, amazing. 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 Especially XS. It's like a great, like, Ah, it's so good. Um, I'm also listening to Nilinko to Kay Cholo before. Um, this artist named Shuichi. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, and then yung album niya is Somniloquy. Yeah, it's it's a really good EP. It's something else. Yeah, Somniloquy. Yun ata yung title. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's on Spotify. It's really really good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think he's long. He's from Bulacan, if I'm right. Yeah. Uh, please support that artist because his music is crazy. Like it's so good for me. Um, the other, the other recommendations I have, I recommend Ian, which is um, Jobless Reincarnation, which is on YouTube. That's the other one. Um, it's an anime, and then uh, I'm actually trying to read. I'm trying to watch community for the first time oh my episode. gosh another great oh, uh, yeah I'm, I'm trying to I, I'm on the first episode and I'm getting into it also I know I'm riding the wave of Attack on Titan yes Drag Race 13 in Drag Race UK too. yes Ding um, Bang Bong Sing Sang Song Ding Bang Bong meron pa ako isa pang recommendation okay na solo <laughs> dalawa pala, last na natin, which is there are two film festivals that are happening sa end, tail end of March the first is Cinema Region which um, celebrates the best supposedly of um, regional cinema for the first time it's going online for the first time um, and it's nationwide actually I think it's global so you can access those films um, and then meron ring uh, UP is holding UP Film Institute is holding uh, POV Balik Tanaw, they're showing uh, free curated films on YouTube at their page. So for, that's until the end of March. They have a new selection every week. So yeah, those are my many recommendations. Yeah. Tamang-tama lang sa tagal nang hinintay namin para bumalik ka dito. But... Naipon lahat ng mga recommendations, CJs. But we're looking forward to hearing from you more because we missed 
having all of you guys here. It's been a while that we have all come together again. But thank you everyone for all your input for today's episode. And of course, for everyone who's listening, thank you so much. All our episodes are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you stream your podcasts. And of course, we're here on Radio Katipunan, 87.9 FM every week. Thank you to the Radio Katipunan fam. Go follow us on Popcorn with Cholo at Popcorn with Cholo at Popcorn with Cholo on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all the social medias except TikTok. We're not there yet. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.